Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Orchard Podcast. My name is Brian Lemieux, and I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa. And uh, we are glad to have you back listening in on uh, today's episode. Uh, each and every episode is designed to help you make a positive and sustainable impact in the places of greatest need. And so we're glad that you're uh, listening in today on uh, this episode, episode 27 for the month of April. And I'm here uh, with uh, our senior pastor of Orchard Africa, uh, Mike Tessendorf. Hi, Brian. Hi, everybody. We are in South Africa recording this, and we put all the equipment in a suitcase and I flew, flew here to South Africa, and we kind of set it up here, and we're looking outside. It's a beautiful fall day here in South Africa. Remember, we're in the Southern Hemisphere, so it's, we're moving into fall here. We're in South Africa, so it's actually autumn. Oh. <laughs> it's not fall. Okay, all right. That's true. Um, and... Um, Really excited to be able to be recording this in South Africa because we also have a special guest uh, around the table with us. And Mike, I'm going to let you introduce him. Yeah, I'm excited that we have uh, Pastor Patrick Mokosi with us today. Um, Pastor Patrick is the Orchard Africa Regional Pastor in the Western Cape, um, which means that he is our... uh, pastor who stewards the Orchard Africa vision um, on the ground in the Western Cape amongst the people and the churches that we serve. And um, as you know, our vision and our mission is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. And so Pastor Patrick leads the pastor's network um, in the Western Cape, and he cares for, guides, mentors, encourages, and pastors, the pastors of the churches that we work with on the ground. So welcome, Pastor Patrick. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Uh, thank you, Pastor Brian, for uh, the invite. Yeah, glad you're here. So let's uh, roll the clock back a little bit and help everybody listening learn. How, how did you all meet and how, how long have you been working together, serving together? Uh, it's, been a, it's been a while. So Patrick, t- tell us a bit of the story. What, how did you first get involved with Mike and Michelle Tessendorf, Orchard Africa. How many years ago was that? I think it's 18. Yes. Okay. Uh, right now. Okay. Yeah. So you were just four years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually, uh, let me greet everybody in the name of Jesus. Uh, before meeting Pastor Mike and Michelle, uh, I heard about them. I was staying in a very deep rural place called Zirast. And then uh, pastors who led me into uh, the faith uh, used to go somewhere and attend meetings. And then they would come back and say, wow, uh, mm. uh, Pastor May gave us stuff today. Mm. At times they would come with books and so forth, you know. And then... Uh, they wouldn't stop talking about him. I kind of like a plan of attending those kind of meetings, but I was reluctant for some reasons. And then it happened that uh, as God called me into ministry, the villages where I was uh, called to serve 
were in a very uh, destitute state. Level of poverty was high. I had passion, but no, no skills and no resources. And one of the pastors who used to attend Pastor Mike's meeting and teaching, he came to me and said, you know, uh, I was in my thinking and uh, um, Pastor Mike is looking for uh, someone uh, for uh, to intentionally train and uh, uh, equip young mm. pastors mm. who are passionate about villages that you are passionate about and uh, you your name came to mind okay and then i said me no maybe yeah, you yeah, you yeah. don't you know i was a bit reluctant yeah. till he forced me you know <laughs> to go and meet with pastor mike okay. and i went i'm staying far from my figure my home was far from my figure i drove and then i only the first 30 minutes of uh, my conversation with Pastor Mike, I said in my heart, this is the man that I'm going to follow. Mm. You mm. know, the impression there, even how he made me feel like I I felt some kind of safe and I see myself growing under his wing. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's how we met. Mm. Mm. And then uh, for uh, 18 years have walked together and served together and uh, I remember uh, meeting you in Medutle village maybe 10, 12 years ago. And so we've all been doing ministry for quite some time. And Patrick, it is great to have you around the table as we jump in and talk about how we can make an impact through our life and our church and uh, the local church around the world. We've been talking about uh, Ephesians 3. We've been looking at Ephesians 3 this year. And it's just <clears throat> amazing to me how many different themes are in this passage and uh, so many things that we can bounce off of as we think about the work of the church. And so we're looking at uh, chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 today. I just want to read that and then jump in and talk about what does that mean for the role of the church and the impact that it can have in vulnerable communities. So it goes like this. Uh, God's intent was now, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I want to focus in on this first part that it was God's intent that the manifold wisdom of God would made, be made known through the church. Uh, for us at Orchard Africa, our mission is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. The church is at the center of, of what we do. And so when we think about from the beginning, it was his tent to use the church and that it would be a channel of the manifold wisdom of God. What, what comes to mind for us around the table? Mike, what what do well, you the see? thing that jumps out to me in these two verses is that little statement, through the church. God chose that it would be through the church that he would reveal his wisdom to the world and to uh, heavenly beings. And God chose that it would be through the church that he accomplishes his eternal purposes in Christ Jesus. And so we should never, ever make light of the church 
because God has chosen the church to reveal his wisdom. God has chosen the church. And when we say church, obviously we're talking about the church with a capital C. But that church manifests itself or displays itself in the world through local congregations, through mm. uh, communities in cities, communities in villages, but the church. And um, I, I love that because... To me, to us at Orchard Africa, and I know to, to Patrick, the church is kind of what energizes us. Mm. The church is what makes our engine keep turning over. Um, and this is not man's idea. This is not somebody else's good idea. This is God's idea. He chose that through the church he would reveal himself. And for me, the smartest thing that we can do is figure out what God is doing and then align ourselves with that. To me, that's, that's <laughs> wisdom. That's a good plan. God seems to have clarity about the best way to do it. And uh, yeah, the church uh, from day one when Jesus walked this earth and then the church was born, it's been that vehicle. It's been the place where the... Here, like Paul says, the manifold wisdom of God is made known and uh, was the was that way at the beginning and it still still is today still is that vehicle in, even in the midst of the church's um, strengths and weaknesses is still that chosen vessel Patrick what what does this bring to mind for you when you think about what comes Paul's to words? my mind uh, pastor Brian is that uh, God is invisible and in order for God to manifest himself physically, he does it through the church. Uh, the character of God is seen through the church. If someone would want to follow God, and uh, for them to be convinced that God exists is through the love that they get from the church, through the care that they get from the church. And uh, the, the attributes of the church uh, make people to believe and give glory to God. And that's how I, I see the church to be. I love that that uh, the church makes the invisible God visible. Yes. And it's actually the that word manifold wisdom. The church was uh, the channel for making the manifold wisdom of God known. And I don't use the word manifold a lot unless it's like in a car. I mm. think that's I think that's a car part. But I looked up what, what what did Paul mean when he talked about manifold? And it's this word that means infinitely colorful. It's just this array of color. Uh, it was used in uh, the original language to point to a beautiful painting or a tapestry. And, and it's the color, it's the, um, the full picture of God's word, God's wisdom. And when I think of the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament and how it was in the Old Testament, the word was so significant. The Torah was so significant. The, uh, the law was so significant. And then Jesus comes and he says, uh, I am the word made flesh. And in the same way, the church is Jesus, Jesus' body, and it brings color and light and kind of a three-dimension to the Word and to Jesus. And it makes me think of, uh, like, uh, the church makes it possible for the high-definition 
um, full color 3D picture of of God at work. And so I just love that making the invisible God visible and in full color and full dimension. And and we've we've been investing in the church and its leaders as an organization for over three decades. And I wonder what stories come to mind when you think about the church doing what the church does best in making God's purposes and love for the world visible in places of great need. Mike, when you think of the early days, was there a moment that comes to mind? You know, from the beginning, we believed that the church should be the expression of the invisible God, like, like Patrick said. The fact that the church is called the body of Christ means that it's, it's, it's able to express itself. Um, yes, nobody has seen God, and yes, in essence, the kingdom of God is invisible. But there's a body of Christ which makes the invisible visible. The church can be seen. The church is the reality of Jesus to the world and to those who in the ministry we are involved in are, are vulnerable and desperately in need. Mm. Um, I think of the, the early years when we uh, were working in Top Village. Um, as, as soon as we launched a feeding program there, the, the next thing we did was um, pioneer a church. And uh, you're going to meet Pastor Victor in one of our later podcasts, but him and I used to go and stand under a tree on a Sunday and preach under mm. a tree. And mm. that was the birth of a church in that village. But because the church was, on a local basis, was introduced to that village, uh, the next thing that happened is people who were basically ignored and invisible in that village uh, began to have access to getting themselves <laughs> visible. There were children who could not go to school in that village because their births had never been registered. And so the mm -hmm. ID, they, mm -hmm. they didn't have any form of identity. They were alive and well and living in South mm -hmm. Africa, but unknown mm -hmm. and excluded. Um, there were adults, parents, mothers, fathers, grandparents whose births had never been registered. And um, the church began to help those children um, get birth certificates, get registered with um, government. Those, those adults get registered with government. And then the children could go to school mm. and the adults could start receiving the, the social grants and the government um, support that they were entitled to. Um, and that was the expression of Jesus. It wasn't uh, only about preaching under a tree. It was helping the people who were excluded from God's purpose for them suddenly begin to be feel like I count I, I can be known and I am known and then of course the the, the education and the social benefits the welfare benefits became a reality mm -hmm. yeah that's an amazing thought that the church's design is to make the invisible God visible and the invisible people visible yeah mm -hmm. and there's so many invisible people, invisible children, invisible communities that the church has the opportunity to shed that light on and to help them be seen. And, yeah, I and mean, the one yeah. thing about Jesus is that he noticed people that others would prefer to have ignored. You know, he noticed the children and said, bring them. 
He noticed the tax collectors. He noticed mm. the prostitutes. He noticed Zacchaeus up in a tree. Uh, somehow Jesus <laughs> gave visibility to those who somehow just otherwise would not have been seen. As you are speaking, Pastor Mike, something that comes to my mind uh, is a story about a woman. Uh, actually, she was a granny uh, living in Top Village. She had children and her children got children. But because uh, she was not registered, it closed the doors of opportunity for her children and even for her grandchildren. And then the church helped her uh, by taking her to home affairs offices, uh, getting her identity document. And then after uh, getting the identity document, his name was, her name was registered and she was able to get social grants. And because she was helped, it made it easy for her daughters to register. And then her daughter, after registering, uh, it was easy for her grandchildren to register. Now the family was able to get access to social grant. One of the things that made her uh, so very grateful is that she's been a South African contributing <laughs> as other South African were contributing, but she was unknown. Mm. Nobody knew that she existed, even though she was born in the same land like others. But because the church uh, stood in the gap, the woman was, be, uh, was able to help. And then last time I saw her, she showed me the house that she built through the grants uh, that she got through her children and even herself. And that's uh, when the church makes the invisible become visible. Yeah. And when people mm. see that, they give glory to God. And even those who call themselves unchurched or unchurchable, if it's the right term to do, <laughs> they end up respecting church and coming to church. Mm. And that's what makes uh, really uh, God to be... Uh, happy mm. about all that mm. 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 yeah I, I, Jesus reflects uh, God's interest in people who others would prefer to ignore um, and if the church is the body of Christ then our ministry extends way beyond what a lot of us think it should you know, Pastor Patrick was talking about identity documents and social grants. And, well, why is the church doing that? Because Jesus cares for those who are forgotten. Jesus cares for those who are lost. Jesus cares for those who are ignored. And the church should exactly replicate what Jesus did. Mm. I mean, our role really is to reveal Jesus to the world. And where people can't see him... Let them see the church. And when the church is seen, Jesus is seen. When the church is seen, the kingdom is seen. Um, and I honestly believe that for, for, for many of us, God would love to expand our concept of what the church is and what the church should do. One of the other pastors that we worked with in the early years um, just nearby his church was an elderly man that um, he used to visit every week. The, the, the man was not a member of his church, but the pastor used to visit this man every week. Um, he, was, uh, he had a sight problem and he had uh, issues with his legs and couldn't walk very well. 
And every week the pastor used to go to this um, elderly man and pray for him and then invite him to church. <laughs> he never came to church, but the pastor was faithful in going back to visit him. And uh, one day the pastor thought, yeah, let me do something different. And he turned up at this elderly man's house and the man greeted him at the door and said, Pastor, I'm tired of you praying for me. I'm tired of you telling me to come to church. I don't think I want to see you today. The pastor said to him, well, actually, today I've come and I'm going to take you to the local hospital and I'm going to get them to check your eyesight and I'm going to get them to give you some physiotherapy for your legs. And so he loaded the old man mm -hmm. into the car mm -hmm. and off they mm -hmm. went to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they did what they could and uh, helped with glasses and physiotherapy to the man's legs, put the man back in the car, went back to his house and dropped him off and... The old man turned to the pastor and said, Pastor, today you have really prayed for me. <laughs> there wasn't an ounce of prayer, but the man was ministered to. The church is the image of Jesus, mm. the invisible God. Uh, Mike, you said uh, this gives us an opportunity to see the church at another level or to see the full purpose of the church. And one of the things that we do really well as the church is to preach, to communicate on a Sunday morning. Uh, to, we do a great job of uh, worship services, and sometimes we limit the church to that picture. of it's, it's the sharing of the word, of the gospel, which is life. But... Uh, I see in this passage and just in our conversation that God had a, a bigger vision for the the wis the manifold wisdom that He made known that it would it would be three dimensional it would, it would put on flesh it would it wouldn't just be black and white uh, you know if you think about kind of the old devices that we might uh, watch TV on or whatever. And uh, he's saying, I want you to see now with full color the the role and the impact of the church. And um, God's calling us to help people to see that it's, uh, yeah, it's flesh, it's blood. It's, uh, it's something that uh, they can see. Um, day in and day out, not just not just a service. The church mm. is, mm. is the yeah, body. There's, there's, there's a, a chorus, um, um, if my memory serves correctly, it goes something along the lines, we are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture, which is true. But when Jesus talks about the sheep of his pasture, he says it's the sheep who feed the hungry. It's the sheep who give the thirsty to drink. It's the sheep who uh, give shelter to the homeless. It's the sheep that welcome in the stranger. It's the sheep that go visit those who are in prison or those who are sick. And that's the church. Mm. You know, you spoke about doing a good job of, of preaching on Sunday and providing a Sunday experience. But hey, there's a lot of people out there who are hungry and thirsty and broken and homeless and uh, in prison. Mm who probably are never, ever going to come to a church. But the body of Christ can go to where 
They are. Mm. And that's why for, for, for us at Orchard Africa, the church has been such a crucial part of the way we work. Mm. Um, there's a, In every village, no matter how forgotten, how forsaken, how destitute, there's a church. And there's a pastor mm. who loves people. Mm. So let's... Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of Medutle, uh, one of the villages that Orchard's partnered with for a long time. I know you have a story with Medutle uh, going way back, and that was the first village that I served in as a as a senior pastor on a mission team. And Patrick, is, isn't that kind of story of a, a community that was invisible that became visible when the church showed up? Yes, uh, Medutle was a very destitute isolated and forgotten village. You know, uh, basic service deliveries like water, electricity, telephone or cell phone <laughs> connection uh, were uh, a myth to Madutle. No service delivery. I mean, even the source of transportation was one bus that would uh, go into the village and then uh, take teachers of a primary school to work and then come back to, fi- to collect them. That was it. Mm. And then, uh, because uh, Jesus is the head and we as the church, we are the body, Jesus Christ was able to go into the village through the church. Mm. And then as soon as the church was visible, uh, whenever people were in crisis, they they knew that the role of a church was not only to pray for them on Sunday, but also to help intervene in the social matters that the village was faced with. As a pastor of that village uh, back in the years, I knew that uh, if a social worker was needed, the villagers were expecting me to intervene Mm -hmm. and play the role of a social worker. Mm -hmm. Uh, If people were sick, I was the one who was taking them uh, into the back of my truck to the nearby clinic. Mm -hmm. People didn't have money even to help with petrol. But uh, by the grace of God, Orchard Africa backed me up all the way. Uh, I was regarded as a hero, uh, but knowing that uh, there was a line of people supporting us, even through Orchard Africa, that my work in that remote village mm. uh, was done excellently well. And, uh, and it started becoming a norm. When there was crisis, people couldn't phone the police or anybody, but they knew that if they needed immediate attention, uh, their matters to be attended immediately, the church is a place to go. And young men and young people who are part of the church, they pride themselves and say, even if we cannot preach well, but uh, we, we represent God, mm-hmm. we... Mm-hmm. We are there in times of crisis. Madhuta will always come to my mind whenever we we uh, speak about God intervening in crisis through the church. Mm. Mm. I love that story. And you were the pastor, the first pastor of Madhuta, is that? Yes. Yeah. And the people didn't know, there was no, people didn't even have an idea about God and Jesus. And to to try to do it, in the pulpit, how are you different to others? You know, others who are uh, sorcerers with doctor, because everybody speaks. Mm. But as soon as we started uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus by attending to the needs of people, people automatically started to come to church and listen to who you are. 
because everybody has been speaking without action. Mm. But now, our uh, words uh, were uh, empowered by the actions that we are doing. Mm. And then uh, the body of the cry of Christ really became strong in that area. And other people from other villages, nearby villages, like Kunotswani and Matase, the light that was shining in Madutle attracted them. And the same thing that happened mm. in Madutle uh, was able to spread to other villages. Mm. And now, uh, 12 years down the line, we've got pastors, leaders, social workers, mm. police, mm. and all that. Mm. That came out of the church. That mm. came out of the yeah. church. Mm. Yeah. And it started just with a small act of love and the church showing up and the church saying, I see you. God mm. sees you. Mm. You're not invisible. You matter. You're you're worthwhile. You you have value in the eyes of your created God, mm. uh, your your Creator and God, and it just starts um, small know, sometimes. It does, and, and this this verse talks about the manifold wisdom of God being made known through the church. Uh, Jesus said this: "I will build my church, and the." powers of hell or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is the manifold wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I just want to say I think that was incredibly smart. <laughs> well done, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Way to go, God. <laughs> but seriously, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Um, if we go back through history, there have been empires that have risen to greatness that are gone. Nations that have dominated the world that are gone. Kingdoms that have risen and been hugely successful and they're gone. But Jesus said, I'll build my church. And the church is still here. And as far as I know, it's doing well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it started with, I, I, I like the analogy of, of the mustard seed parable that Jesus told. That uh, a, a mustard seed, when it is sown, it's, it's the smallest of all seeds. But when it's sown, things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the church was, was born or birthed with Jesus dying, Jesus being buried as a seed. And, and, and at that time, he was not very popular. He was deserted by just about everybody, um, betrayed by one mm. of his disciples, mm. forsaken and, and denied by one of the others. But yet he fell to the ground and died. And to me, that's the mustard seed picture, which when it's sown, Jesus said it grows into this tree that becomes bigger than all other trees and it provides shade and branches for, for, for the birds. That's the church. And to me, um, it's a picture of how the church should be. It should be seen. Not a place that people go to on a Sunday, but seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, seen mm-hmm. in the lives of, of, of those who are forgotten, seen in the lives of those who are neglected, seen in the lives of those who don't have access to some kind of uh, transport to get to, to a hospital or a doctor, seen. Uh, the, 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 the branches to me speak of mm. refuge, of, of safety, of, of a place where, where sustenance is available. And so as that tree, as that mustard seed grows to a tree, to me that's Jesus building his mm. church. Mm. Jesus uh, setting his church as a lamp on a lampstand so that the light 
can be seen. Jesus setting the church as a city on a hill that uh, can be seen from afar and seen by everybody. Um, and in, in that context, uh, Jesus said, let your light shine before men so that they can see your good works and bring glory to the Father. To me, that's, that's wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's God revealing his purposes to the world and in the world. And uh, I want to say again, Jesus said, I'll build my church. Mm. That's what Jesus is building. Mm. And it's mind-blowing. We get to be a part of that. Yeah. We get to be part of that story. We get to help the manifold wisdom of God be made clear through the work of the church. And, and uh, for you listening in, uh, you have a, a role in that. And uh, never underestimate some of those small beginnings or some of those small uh, ministries or those uh, steps of kindness and compassion. That it might just grow into... Uh, a tree in time that uh, brings shade to those that you don't even know. Mm. And God will work through that. Well, that's a good message for uh, today. And um, thank you for listening in. Pastor Patrick, thank you for joining us uh, on the podcast today. And um, blessings as you continue your work as a regional pastor. Glad to have you. The pleasure is all mine. Thanks for the invite. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye.